0: Well, welcome, everybody, to the April 11th edition of Cascadian Views. We've got something close to a full crew here. I've got Dan and Chris. How are you guys doing? All right. Keeping it together. Uh, Yeah, I subtitled our last episode, Conversations from the Post-Apocalypse, and I I really (laughs) kind of think that that's a, a pretty nice theme. Uh, we're starting to settle into what uh, life is like, and one of the things that happens is the primary must go on, or in this case, come to an end. Uh, and it's Biden. Uh, no more, no more doovers. No more, uh, does this person have a shot? No more delegate math. He's the last candidate standing.
1: Come on, we can still do a Cuomo write-in speculation. Don't right. give up. That's. It.
0: Let's, you know, fuel that
1: for a little bit longer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, Sanders isn't actually formally withdrawing, and uh, he wants people to continue to vote for him. Yes, to yeah, accumulate yes. delegates. Yeah, he he asks his, uh, his supporters to continue to vote for him. Part of this is he has to hit at least 25% of delegates uh, in order to have any input whatsoever on certain functions in the party. Uh, he gets a seat at the table if he hits 25% Delegates. He does not get a seat at the table if he doesn't hit 25%. Mm-hmm. I was just, just going to say uh, that that just really seems to be his thinking behind that. Uh, the only reason he wouldn't fully drop out. Although, really, I feel like there was no reason he shouldn't fully drop out like a month ago. You said he's got to get 25%? I believe so. That was the figure I was seeing the reporters uh, toss around. Well, he is very close to being there right now. I mean, with just the delegates that's,
2: that have declared, he's at like 900 something, 900, 900 and change. And, you know, the total is 4,000. So 4,000 something, yeah. yeah.
0: So he does yeah, still so have to pick up some
2: delegates going forward.
0: Just a few. So if they just
2: cancel the primaries outright, then he's in he's not going to make it but oh they're supposed to there was a primary today or yesterday are you serious
0: I kid oh, you wow. not yeah, did, the, did the it actually go on
2: yesterday yes uh, no results as yet but let me see here
1: <laughs> well there was a primary I, last weekend, in Wisconsin I, and there's no results yet also yeah,
0: true yeah yeah but that one they're just holding on to because they can and you know, they're mad that they had to do the election. Uh, there's nothing about the Alaska primary on the front page of the Anchorage Daily News. So, yeah, I don't think anybody really cared. But
2: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, let's see. Alaska Democrats see spike in ballots in the 2020 vote by mail primary as uh, that's from the Hill. So maybe it'll be a few days on that, too, since they did it by mail. Maybe.
0: Uh, and results are expected tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, around three a.m. Pacific Daylight Time tomorrow. So. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Strange. Yeah, we'll uh we'll see about that. That would I assume be a good state for Sanders.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's an excellent state for Sanders. He got. Like what, seventy-five percent in the caucuses, or close to, in 2016, uh, was one of Dennis Kucinich's best states in 2004. Uh, yeah, I think Sanders is going to do very well there. I just, uh, it'll be a little different because it's a primary rather than a caucus, but.
0: I just want to point out that I live in a city who has a metro area about four times population in the entire state of Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> Just just throwing it out there. It's like 780,000 people, and Portland's like 3.5 million when you include the suburbs. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, that's a big state.
0: Yeah, it's the biggest. <laughs> uh, there the...
1: Are, I forget if it's 25 or 26, but I believe there are 26, let's say, cities proper that have a higher population than Vermont. Not even metro area. Yeah,
0: these <laughs> like cities, the urban core. <laughs> wow. The uh, the Sanders campaign staff, at least, uh, has been not really toning down the Biden criticism. Uh, Sirota is out there doing his thing. Uh, is it Joy Gray, Brianna? Joy Gray? Yeah, uh, yeah, Brianna
2: Joy Gray. I mean, is it really just I think it's mostly those two
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair, but they're amplifying a lot of voices uh, that I take to be other campaign members, uh, perhaps people I wouldn't know by the face of but if you're deep in the campaign, you do Yeah, it could be Uh, surrogates
2: and yeah, or just fans
0: yeah. Yeah, it all uh it all strikes me as pretty bad omens but uh on the other hand god the poll numbers are just amazing mm-hmm. on a, a general election matter uh matchup between biden and trump did you see he was taking florida by 6 points
1: yeah
2: I, the one i saw today that kind of made my
0: eyes pop out was
2: cnn which had at least one of their uh tabs was uh among voters over the age of sixty-five, it had Biden leading Trump by double digits, like twelve percent. When that was, that was the last time Trump. a Democrat That's, got
0: that number among that age group?
2: I don't think Democrats have won. I don't. I don't think Democrats have won old people in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. let yeah. so go back to the New Deal. One hell of a change. Yeah. Like like Obama lost them by what 8%, I want to say, even in 2008. Mm. So, yeah.
0: That would be that would be one hell of a coup. Yeah. It it really just drives home the Twitter is not real life point. Uh, I I think because I can't imagine like living in a reality where I see that and then conclude that Biden is a surefire way to lose.
2: Yeah. I mean, Twitter skews very young. Uh, you know, I guess that's one thing you wouldn't see is if there's a big movement to Biden, that's definitely not going to show up on, <laughs> on Twitter. You might see more of it on Facebook, but,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 It- I think there's a certain amount too of people just having learned wrong lessons from twenty sixteen. Oh yeah. The kind yeah. of animus against Hillary Clinton was so specific to her. Uh-huh. You know, even beyond sexism was so specifically focused on her for decades and decades. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah, just don't and have that with, that with anyone life. else.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean w- the the headwinds that she was up against were enormous from that you know it was the decades and decades of propaganda and kind of the learned
0: hate that people felt for her
2: and the fact yeah. that she
0: had a vagina i think is a criminally underplayed element of that story as well also um, a yeah. big factor i mean that's yeah.
2: part of how she was demonized in the first place back in the 90s but yeah it's an entirely different beast with biden and let's hope Let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We'll see. I mean, not not, not like sexist coverage, but <laughs> that, that he doesn't become a demon, that uh, Trump is able to basically squeak in another term.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, we'll see. I, I feel a lot of the ammunition for that is coming from our own side. Uh, mm. There's a story that is failed to show its head in the mainstream press that I'm not really going to go into, but it's it's been amplified to hell and beyond by, by like the Bernie camp. Uh, mm-hmm. And it really has me a, a little bit freaked out. Uh, just that much ammunition coming from your own side is never, never good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that things will settle down. I mean, what we've got this time is time. I think I said this in the Facebook group, is that there's more time to get folks settled down, get folks reconciled to, okay, here's the collective mission. You know, this wasn't our first choice as a candidate. You know, I don't think he was the first choice of anybody of us talking right now. But uh, this is what we've got. And the alternative is four more years of trump and that's just completely unacceptable so yeah we're all gonna have to settle in and do our thing and do what we can and i don't really like the phrase holding our nose but for some folks i think it will be that and hopefully we
0: can get him over the line i i don't think it's holding the nose for me um like i'm i'm happy it's biden he was not my first pick he's fine yeah, yeah exactly he's you know a, a classic you know mid-sized sedan or something he will he'll get the family where he needs to go I, yeah. I really would have liked warren uh i had a soft spot for uh both Yang and buddha by the end of it <laughs> uh biden's well below those three uh i don't know how many below he is but because i mean to be honest, I prefer Andrew, or I mean, I prefer Joe Biden to, you know, say, Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I'm probably there too. yeah and I prefer him to Michael Bennett. Uh, I prefer him to John Delaney. Like, he, he's in the upper half of the pack. Uh, he's just not, you know, the shining star I was hoping for. Yeah. I'm trying to... Th- no, I would say, I mean, my overall take
1: has always been that he's he's a fine caretaker president um and there's probably that will feel good to a lot of people but i don't think we're at a caretaker moment in history we're at a we need we need to make very large changes in very short order or things are going to come totally unglued and i don't think he's that guy but but on the other side is certain destruction so you know it's not a hard yeah.
2: choice. That's kind of what we're facing.
1: I was actually just, just
2: running over the uh, total number of candidates, and I was kind of looking over which one of them, which one of those would I prefer, would I have preferred to Biden? And I've got seven, eight, nine-ish maybe of them that I think I would have preferred to Biden. You know, like pretty much everyone we've mentioned here as Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Kamala Harris, Beto O'Rourke, Kirsten Gillibrand, Jay Inslee. There's a lot of folks I would have rather had.
0: But... You know what? Inslee and and Booker are definitely up there. They dropped out so yeah. long ago I fucking forgot oh, yeah, they were running.
2: Forgotten about. Them. <laughs> the, Inslee was one of the first ones out actually. Yeah. I mean, Swalwell was the first, but Inslee was early August. And, yeah, now he's got his hands completely full with the uh, outbreak here in Washington State. But, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, out of a field of maybe two dozen candidates, he was in... He was yeah, in the like, upper half. The upper half, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a padded field with a lot of nonsense, like Tulsi Gabbard and whatever the hell Deval Patrick was doing in the field, or, you know, Marianne Williamson, but... Of, <laughs> yeah, of the two dozen, he was in the top half, and of... You know, the candidates that were actually serious, uh, I'd say he's at least in the middle third. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, what you can say for Biden is he is pretty much the default generic liberal democratic politician going back for decades. And if progressives yell at
0: him hard enough, he'll do what we want. He has uh, never – 538 ran the numbers. He has never in his career been more than like four points removed from the like general Democratic position. Yeah, <laughs> just, right. just that's, the, that's the like stock average system Democrat. System for it.
2: Yeah, so and centrist isn't really the accurate term for him because he's dead center in the Democratic Party. So we can get him to do what we want, but we are going to have to yell at him. We are going to have to push him, and we are going to have to – Win the Senate, or else it's all dead letter anyway. But I mean, we can get things out of him. But yeah, he's not going to be the one that necessarily leads the charge. We're <laughs> going to see the way the wind is blowing, and so we're just going to have to make the wind blow the right
0: way. I actually think Biden might be the best of them uh, to navigate a divided Senate.
2: Well, uh, yeah, he was there
0: forever. But... Yeah, and well, not only that, you know, he might be able to work a coalition or two around a specific issue, but. Uh, Obama was really forced into uh, governing via the executive branch for a long time in his presidency. Right. Like Biden mm-hmm. is very much up close and personal with the like means of exercising that power and how to accomplish things through that method. Yeah, I mean,
2: what I would be a
0: little concerned about is that
2: you know, the Senate doesn't work the way it did. The way it did when you know for most of his career, I mean McConnell has broken it completely, and maybe, maybe they can get some comedy you know between them again, but it's going to be hard. I, I think I think I think he's going to have to do a lot of the Obama-esque legislate or not legislating, but governing from the Oval Office because that's the only place where he's going to have you know the free reign to do it,
0: but. As we slip closer He's and closer skins. to the powerful executive that we're never supposed to have. Yeah. Well. That's the flip side of that I'll coin. It, if we nope. have to start governing, you know, via executive fiat, then you're really directly working to undermine the system of government we have. Mm-hmm. Because our government cannot rise to the the occasion. Well,
2: yeah, it's a whole line. Some of that's both sides. I mean, you got, you know, FDR and Truman and Lincoln who took big steps in that direction with, you know, more active presidencies than probably had been intended by the founders. Yeah,
0: but this really ramped up under W. Right, right. Under W,
2: some of it's been on the other side because you've had figures like Mitch McConnell who have gone out, intentionally broken the Mm -hmm. legislative branch and made it impossible to function. And yeah, so that they've hobbled they've hobbled their own ability to govern in the name of partisan advantage, and yeah, leaves everything else to the president and and the Supreme Court that periodically takes you know the steps that the president has taken. You know, I guess if they're a Democratic president and <laughs> puts checks on them because John Roberts is the swing vote. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would also say that the <laughs> the Senate has kind of uh, effectively created a precedent now for a president to be unaccountable. Yeah, which they thought was all jolly fun, <laughs> while it was a
0: Republican president. But we have a fundamental aversion to holding people in power uh, to account in in this uh, country, and we're uncomfortable with it in a way that i I think speaks a lot to our desire to avoid conflict uh that we were not in the past and i think that's part of the reason we've kind of allowed this uh this sort of unchecked uh unaccountable conduct that you're talking about chris that the senate's putting a a big check mark on check mark
1: yeah
2: well, in that case, though, I mean, the people did want the president held accountable. I mean, there was a majority for conviction and removal.
0: Yeah, but it not by anywhere near they should be. Oh, I mean, sure. if you want me to believe that we are a nation of rational fucking people, then no, that number was not anywhere close to where it should be. Yeah, yeah I you don't
2: know. I mean, basically, everybody who votes Republican. But... yeah.
0: Yeah, it was like 54 in favor of impeachment to like, you know, 45 against. Yep. So I guess the high watermark
2: for anyone who might ever vote for a Democrat decided that Trump needed to be held accountable,
0: but everyone else,
2: meh. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the best sign.
0: I mean, there were worrying, worrying signs before, but there was something close to universal agreement. On the day Nixon resigned, a third... Uh, of America wanted him to keep his job. A third, we we couldn't even marshal that for Trump. <laughs> like he got like forty-four percent. That tells me the country is broken. Screw the Senate. Yeah. Sorry, I'm very fatalistic about everything right now.
2: Well, yeah, I mean we've got eight more months. I mean, you can guarantee Trump is still going to get 45% of the vote. So hopefully not
0: much more. And we got to make sure that that vote comes from certain areas, like less of it from Pennsylvania, more of it from like Missouri. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If he can start taking Missouri by like 90 percentage points, I'd be very happy to have him in his 45
1: he could get every vote in South Carolina. That would be fine with me. Exactly. Yeah. He can. He can kick the shit out of it in Tennessee. <laughs> That'd be great.
0: Yeah, I'd be totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, on to the less depressing story of the week. <laughs> uh, oh, the how? So- yeah, that pandemic. <laughs>
2: Thousands of people dying.
0: The U.S. is now the leader in deaths. Uh, We've hit the 2,000 deaths in a day mark, I believe, for the last two days. Uh, We are uh, on track to, you know, just kick the world's ass in the coronavirus championship. Uh, I I did not think we had it in us uh, for a while. Uh, I I thought we were just going to, you know, run away with it. Uh, but then you know social distancing lockdown orders keeping us all in the house it, it it curved it down a little bit it was it was a tough fight at the end but we're still <laughs> gonna end up number one yeah
2: we got a good head start man
0: <laughs> yeah. actually we we lagged we behind everybody else yeah. yeah we we gotta observe what everybody else was doing
2: that's right you uh yeah you shared the, that article just before we got started about all the warning signs ignored and steps not taken as uh, the rest mm-hmm. of the world caught fire with this, and uh, just uh, watched it coming.
0: Yeah, I had absolutely zero concern for what we knew with like absolute certainty was coming our way. Yeah. Uh, and the emails that have come out from the executive branch uh, over this through various FOIA requests and whatnot have been, frankly, incriminating. Uh, so it's just boggles my mind. We're up to like five 9-11s. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. past 20,000 people dead.
2: It, I mean, if, if we hadn't, it could have been a 9-11 a day for a while so yeah
0: yeah and just and even this the the president's apparently like anguishing over his decision to reopen the economy which by the way he doesn't get to decide that the federal government does not have police power over me my state government has police power over me they're the only ones who can enforce this sort of quarantine
1: yeah yeah
0: I also just, I I can't believe we're thinking about reopening the economy without the testing. If we can do what they're doing in South Korea, you know, we can reopen. If everybody is getting tested and everybody is positive, has everybody they've interacted with for like seven days identified so they can, you know, self-quarantine for 14 days while the government drops them off food and whatnot. Yeah, sure. But we can't do that. We we don't even know how many people actually have it in this country because we can't test everybody
1: and he wants to ramp down the testing. Right, right. That was the
2: scary thing for this week. You know, the one thing that we would need to really get back to normal and he doesn't want to keep funding. it. actually, they did cut off funding for it, didn't they?
0: I believe so, but I don't think that's going to stick. There's not a chance in hell that sticks.
2: Let's hope so. Yikes.
0: I don't believe we're that suicidal as a country. Maybe I'm, you know, wrong. I might be a little optimistic, I
1: guess. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the... There are several big unknowns floating around, but there's a whole other, like, what will this look like in the fall flu season side of it, even Mm. if we suppress it in the summer.
0: And there's not actually a guarantee we'll suppress it in in the summer. there's a, a lot of speculation uh grounded in actual science and results that the uh the warm weather does not affect this as much as it has other particular way, yeah yeah okay sorry continue chris um no
1: you are correct <laughs> <laughs> you are correct in correcting that part of what i said um but i guess my point was We've got to get there first and to get there first we've got to continue what we're doing well into may probably at least the middle of may probably the end mm-hmm. and i wonder if clearly we're going to get executive signaling that that's not necessary there's several governors who are still waffling back and forth about what they're doing especially in red states surprise surprise yeah um, yeah Florida,
2: Alabama,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bundys are trying to hold an Easter gathering in Idaho, just to flip the bird at Idaho's uh, like <laughs> yes. lockdown order. Yeah. You know. Get the Rona to own the libs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, they've started using mass graves in New York City uh burying people uh, in an old potter's field where they they buried you know people previously didn't have the money for a proper burial and whatnot uh yeah they've bulldozed out the whole sections of it and they're loading bodies in in giant groups covering them up uh there was a report out that they're going to start using new york city parks as temporary burial places uh, and they're going to bury them with dignity, but also without the intention of leaving there for long they're gonna dig them back up and properly you know dispose of mm-hmm. the body once they have the capacity to in the city's morgues and crematoriums and whatnot it, It's starting to to look like a a house game I mean that's a, I don't have that much of an attachment to New York, but that's the city I was born in. And, like, it's kind of weird watching that happen to somewhere that, like, played a role in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here in Oregon, we just announced that we closed down schools for the entire year. Uh, Washington announced that as well. California announced that. It was Mm -hmm. kind of a coordinated announcement. It all came within 24 hours for the West Coast states.
2: Yeah. You know, one after the other, and not a huge surprise the way things have been going. I mean, cases are starting to slow down, but yeah, it's nowhere near ready for anything to open up back again. And yeah, we don't want to see everything blow back up again. No. It was wrapping uh, up to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the yet, more alarming more. stories I've seen in the past week is that. So they were seeing this in Wuhan, but then they've confirmed it in South Korea is that a lot of people seem to have recovered and then actually came down with it again. Not that they mm-hmm. caught it again, but that it was just kind of like sitting dormant and flared up again. So, you know, even the people who've gotten it and gotten better may not
0: be safe to I, be going to work. I saw that. And that raises a lot of questions for me. Um, one of which, and I am absolutely not a scientific effort, uh, expert, I don't want to hold myself out as that. I have zero experience, knowledge, or skills. I am fully suffering from Dunning-Kruger effect here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but is it at, at all? The coronavirus family is large and has a range of, of like different species that are all mutating in various different animal host populations. Is it possible these people are just catching like closely related different strains of coronavirus
1: i i don't think it's impossible what the coverage i saw of it said that it doesn't seem to be people catching something new okay Mm -hmm. so it was just a matter of them getting sick again versus
2: uh some kind of other infection
1: yeah well and not not just getting sick again, but actually showing like, you know, having testing showing, yep, you're clear. The virus is gone. And then, Oh, surprise. It wasn't. You're testing positive again now a week later. Oh man, that's
0: terrifying. Yeah. Uh, Boris Johnson is in the ICU. uh, Our international flavor on the coronavirus story. Uh, Dan, you pretty much called that. Uh, well, he seems to be getting
2: better, I saw today. The, uh, he's uh, apparently, you know, he's been, what was it? Take a look here. I saw something on social media that he was crediting uh, the NHS for his recovery something along those lines. I'm sure they greatly appreciate him. I owe them my life. How Boris Johnson's illness shook him and the nation, as in The Guardian, the last few hours. So I guess he's talking, and he's
0: uh, issued a short statement today. He was on oxygen, but I, I hadn't seen that he was intubated. He was never put on a ventilator, right? Yeah. Okay. Given oxygen, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh well, I mean best of luck, Boris. Uh yeah. may you live to ruin England some more.
2: <laughs> I like how you said England too because ever Yeah, no. The rest is just gonna Scotland's gonna just gonna
0: break, yeah, break away. Ireland looks like it might be heading towards a merger. Sinn Fein is apparently emerging as an actual force for democracy in the south. It, it's it's a whole weird thing going on over there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, fuck it, why not talk about it? There was an Irish election, like, a month ago, and Sinn Féin came out on top. Uh, I don't believe they're actually going to form the government. It's going to be the uh, other two parties in kind of a cross-ideological coalition. But, uh, yeah, they came pretty close in in some other places. They didn't run as many candidates as they should have. They would have been entitled to multiple uh, representatives from certain districts but they didn't actually run multiple representatives in those districts. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, seems like Ireland is shaping up to, I don't know, do something there. Uh, So yeah, when the UK falls apart, Scotland will do its own thing. Wales will probably get along with England. Yeah, Boris will be ruining England and Wales, I have confidence. (laughs) Uh, Anything going on in the Northeast, Chris? Let's see um well i mean there's been
1: some stuff going on in new york as you mentioned you may have heard about it (laughs) it seems like we've stopped hunting down new yorkers house by house over here there hasn't been (laughs) much talk about that (laughs) in the past week oh i can't believe that was a thing yeah that was something i guess what's on my mind is kind of um i'd mentioned this on uh on the site in the group Earlier in the week, but Phil Scott has actually been doing a very solid leadership job of this. And I think based on that, he's probably sewn up totally sewn up his re-election. Which I'm not thrilled about, although I am happy he's doing a good leadership job in -hmm. terms of state health and safety. Staying alive is good. Yeah, (laughs) staying alive is good. And, you know, we probably didn't want, like, paid family leave or any of that stuff. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: I to circle back around to the, like, rounding up New Yorkers door-to-door thing. I, I actually do <laughs> want to chat about that for a second, and not even just the New York thing. Uh, Texas, like, basically militarized its border with Louisiana. Like, yeah. deployed the, the state, like, National Guard and the state troopers to physically... Block roads and not allow travel into or uh, from Louisiana. It, it's, and, you know, the New York thing, you know, they're ordered to quarantine in Florida by, you know, self reporting, but in Rhode Island? They play. <laughs> they like deployed the state troopers to check all cars coming in and literally went like door to door looking for New Yorkers to force them into quarantine. It's it's weird. I didn't know stakes could do these things.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I I was reading some speculation about like what would happen if push came to shove on legal cases. Yeah, there's some that's Pretty significant
2: constitutional sections on point about being able to travel from one state to another. Right. And yeah, that being a pretty fundamental right. So, yeah, that may be up for some pretty significant testing soon if uh, if that keeps up.
0: There's that uh, Fifth Circuit opinion that basically said constitutional rights don't mean shit in emergency. <laughs> they used it to restrict abortion. Did you guys read that opinion?
2: Oh my God. I hadn't read it, but I'd seen the articles about it. That's
0: Holy cow. No, I mean, forget everything in it that's actually about abortion. I mean, those things are important. Don't forget them. But for the purposes of our discussion, just throw all that out. They literally have a bit in there about how constitutional rights stand silent in the face of like emergencies and state power. Yeah yeah, yeah like it's clause, you know yeah it's totally cool the constitution that, that doesn't mean shit like you don't have to worry about that crap's going on we understand <laughs> fucking boggled my mind how a federal appeals court wrote that opinion you
2: know that circuit is particularly
0: wing nutty yeah i i, I mean I, I understand the impetus there but at least couch it We have some pretty smart people who have said things like the Constitution is not a suicide pact. You know, they weren't out there just, yeah, throw it away. Yeah, you don't need to to worry about it right now. Uh, Details, details. Details. Hey, Dan, you remember when we talked last week and you said you were going to find out some things about how uh, sales tax works on airplanes?
2: We were talking about Boeing. Uh, Yes, in a term... Turns out that it's not actually a sales tax proper. Uh, What the state of Washington does is they charge what's called a business and operations tax on gross receipts of uh, corporations, you know, their gross revenues, and Boeing has actually gotten a special rate uh, because it is, uh, well, I'm not going to use the full term that I use, it is the 800-pound gorilla in Washington (laughs) state in terms of employers. So ordinarily, a manufacturer in Washington State might pay a rate of about .484 percent of their gross revenue. Just
0: somewhere the- around .484 percent.
2: Just yeah, to nail it down there a little bit. You know, <laughs> so half a percent basically on you know the gross revenues of what they what they create and what they bring in. Uh, Boeing has paid a significantly reduced rate from that of just under 0.3%, 0.2904 for many years now. I guess about, uh, I think since about 2000 was when that special rate was put into effect and under pressure from the World Trade Organization uh, because that differential rate was being challenged under the WTO as being unfairly competitive with uh, or I guess anti-competitive with uh, other firms like Airbus, Uh, the state has rescinded that lower rate and put them in at a new rate of 0.357%. But, yeah, so sales tax, you know, the conventional sales tax on commercial goods that most of us pay, that's not really an issue for Boeing. So it's just based on what they sell rather than, or what they bring in rather than, the location of the purchaser
0: i wish i paid less than half a percent of cax
2: that would be amazing yep well if uh if you employ like what was it one out of ten or something like that <laughs> some figure like that in washington state then, <laughs> then you'll be able to you know knock on the oregon legislature store and get something else worked out like that but yeah, it, it Someday. pays to. It pays to uh, control a huge, huge portion of the economy.
0: All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining me uh, for our quarantine weekend update. I mm-hmm. uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again next week.
2: Yeah, the Final Fantasy VII remake is pretty good. So is it? If anybody's looking for things to do, I yeah. I, I hear it's a different game. It is. Okay. it is but it's still pretty fun and it's got it's got a good nostalgia punch to it so
0: like All they right. changed the story correct so far no
2: it's basically following the same kind of idea so you've got avalanche uh, the eco-terrorist group uh, trying to stop the big bad uh, Shinra corporation which yeah. is killing the planet you start out basically with the whole same adventure where they go in to blow up the Bland. I'm only a few hours in so far and I'm they've kind of padded out the story that was there okay and I think they cut it off at about 20% of the way into the game so like this only covers the midgar components of the game but uh, it's been fleshed out to a full 40 hour game so there's lots of little side quests and things like that so right now we're just calling? kind of running around some slums doing things like killing rats and doing favors for various people in the slums. But you do follow, I guess, the same general plot arc where you go to blow up the next reactor, you meet Aerith, and go from there and eventually break into Shinra headquarters.
0: Uh, Does Aerith still die? Uh, Spoilers, man.
2: Uh, It's a uh, 30-year-old game! (laughs) 25. But, uh, well... Not in this game I wouldn't think because remember that's not until much, much
0: later. Oh oh, so this is like separate games for each disc? Uh like separate yeah, exactly. Okay. So this
2: only covers up to the point where you leave the city, from what I understand.
0: And then you have to early on. Buy another game to get disc due? Yeah, twenty years from now when it comes out. Man. This thing's been in production for a very long time. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> a very long time. I'm just going to stick with my PlayStation, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, good stuff. I still have it on that. In fact, I have a mod chip. I can just burn it to a CD. Well, I've got that. Oh, man, enough platforms on that now. I've got it for
2: PS1. I've got it on um, Steam. I've got it on Switch now. Yeah. You sound
0: like me and Chrono Trigger. I bought that game for more platforms than I care to admit.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was the the original Skyrim, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good week. All right. You too.